Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode that Ryan Muncie and I just put out, and I think you'll get a ton of benefit from it. In this episode, you'll hear me mention a Drift Float Spa in Dallas. You can contact a Drift Float Spa at 214-363-5628. And as loyal Success 101 podcast listeners, go in and get your first float for $59. You can't beat that deal. Go experience what everyone's talking about in the world of floating for $59 at a Drift Float Spa in Dallas. Again, that's 214-363-5628 and tell them Jared sent you over. This is episode number 133 with Ryan Muncy. New concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Success 101 Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. In each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren, and I'm very excited to bring my good friend Ryan Muncy back onto the show today. And also excited that Ryan is our first repeat guest on the Success 101 podcast. He has just a wealth of knowledge around peak performance and getting better every day. And I knew I had to get him back on the show sooner than later. It likely won't be the last time that you see him here on the Success 101 podcast. And if you didn't check out my other two awesome episodes with Ryan, head on over to success101podcast.com forward slash 115 and forward slash 116. You can catch both of those episodes there on my main website or on iTunes with episodes 115 and 116. We had a great conversation last time around their brain food products, dopamine, serotonin, also around Siltep, how those products can help us get toward peak performance. And also took a look at MagTech, Astragalus, and Smart Caffeine. And who is Ryan Muncy? For those of you guys out there who don't know, Ryan is a former fitness model and gym owner turned writer, speaker, and biohacker. He's a mental and physical performance specialist with a degree in food science and human nutrition from Clemson University and an authority out there in the world of fitness, nutrition, biohacking, and smart drugs through the Natural Stacks lines. If you guys have never heard about Natural Stacks, head on over to naturalstacks.com. And there you will get their complete line of performance-enhancing supplements, such as Siltep with Forskolin and Artichoke Extract to help us perform better from a mental focus standpoint and cognitive standpoint each day, MagTech, Dopamine and Serotonin Brain Food, Smart Caffeine, they've even got a line of prebiotic over there, Biocreatine, Natural Protein, Natural BCAAs, they've got an incredible curcumin product over there to help with inflammation. They've got vitamin C with zinc glycinate. They've got a vitamin D3 line and also carry an incredible blend of krill oil. And I just love their products. They're all open source. That way you know exactly what is in every product. Go over to naturalstacks.com today and check those guys out. So on to the show that I'm really excited to bring you today. We go a little off the beaten path. I wanted to get Ryan back on, as I mentioned, because he is just the authority in the world of fitness, nutrition, smart drugs, and all things peak performance, helping us all feel better and be better every single day. We dive into a few topics out there that some of you may or may not know a lot about, such as fasting, floating, ketones, which we talk a ton about in this episode, and carbs and carb regulation. So I'm excited to bring this episode to you guys today because these are all things that can help put us in a state of mental focus, concentration and relaxation, getting our body in a ketonic state, and limiting the amount of carbs that we put in our body. You'll hear Ryan talk today about why breakfast is the most important meal because we have a decision early in the morning to either sabotage the rest of our day or start our day off on the right foot by not having breakfast, but skipping breakfast. I have found Ryan's writings and the information we will discuss today very fascinating from the standpoint of skipping breakfast, which we have all been told over and over is the most important meal of the day. He would tell you it's likely the most important meal to skip of the day and the research behind that that he brings hard and heavy in this episode. If you guys hear the episode today and know someone else who wants to reach a state of higher levels, maximum potential and peak performance, which is everyone you know, likely. 
be sure and share that episode with them, with any friends, family, colleagues, business partners, anyone you know that wants to reach a higher level of peak performance and could gain benefit from this episode, be sure and share that with them. Also, if you've enjoyed the Success 101 podcast, head on over to iTunes, give it a five-star rating and a review. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you doing that and how that keeps the show going on into the future. Those ratings and rankings are extremely important for other people searching for this show to make it more easy to find. And Apple puts a lot of weighting on those ratings and rankings in order for people to find the show more easily and help this thing keep going on into the future. So without any further delay, let's jump right into this exciting episode with Ryan Muncie of Natural Stacks as we discuss fasting, floating, ketones, and carbs. I know you're going to love it. Hey, Ryan, welcome back to the Success 101 podcast. How are you today? I'm great, man. Jared, thanks for having me back. Man, it is great having you here. And you are the first repeat guest on the Success 101 podcast. And I take stock and value into everyone that I bring on. But if I'm bringing you back on again, that means that I wanted you back. But more so, the listeners wanted you back. The two episodes that you did for us before, I just had tremendous feedback and questions. That's why you got all those emails from me after we were done. <laughs> But uh, we got tremendous feedback on that of people just wanting to know more about the Natural Stacks line, wanting to know more about, you know, the Siltep, the MagTech, the serotonin, dopamine, brain foods, all the things that we talked through, and then just kind of your ritual that you went through. So thanks for sharing all that. And I know that you are a big fan of intermittent fasting, something that I've just picked up on in the last two weeks. And I know that uh, you and Ben Greenfield had a chance to talk through that recently in his podcast, and I wanted to make sure that we had a chance to talk through that here because, as I was mentioning to you before, I used to wake up, I would work out in the evenings, I would wake up the next morning just wanting to gnaw my arm off. I was so hungry, and so I felt like, okay, I'm not getting the right nutrients, I'm not getting the right calories, working out and then depleting myself and not restoring that up before bed. Now, with kiddos around. I work out in the mornings. It's the only time I can get it in. And it's almost even worse or has been in the last uh, probably six months to where it's almost a nauseating feeling whenever I wake up. I know you're a huge fan of skipping breakfast and I won't uh, tell the listeners yet what my experience with that has been. I want them to hear from you first, but talk to us about why skipping breakfast to you is so important and why you would encourage other people to do that to get in top uh, peak performance shape. Yeah, sure. So uh, I guess, first of all, I'm grateful for the positive response to the first you know, two episodes. And I guess that just means you and I had a great conversation. So, you know, you got to take some credit for asking the right questions <laughs> and, uh, and pulling that information out. So if your listeners have more questions this time, don't hesitate to email us. I'm happy to be able to provide, you know, this kind of information for people. And, and as long as it's helpful, then, you know, that means we're doing good work. So as far as breakfast goes, I mean, I think the one thing that I will preface all of this with is, you know, intermittent fasting is not for everybody. The same way that six or eight meals or three meals a day doesn't fit for everybody as well. So, you know, for me, intermittent fasting just fits my lifestyle. It fits my personality. It works for me. Now, because it works for me, you know, there's a lot of science that supports it. There's also a lot of science that support any other way of eating. You know, so if, if I was anti-intermittent fasting, I could find reasons to, you know, argue against it. Sure. So what I'm going to try to do is present why it works for me, why it works for other people, and the science behind why it works. So... I yeah, just so our listeners know what we're talking about here, you know, I didn't really even know when I first heard intermittent fasting. I think I heard uh, Andy Nilo mention it on my podcast where he said, you know, he'll wake up, do his bulletproof coffee, all those sort of things, and then just not eat until like 2 p.m. And I was like, what? That's, you know, that's the craziest thing. I didn't know it as intermittent fasting then as I had heard it before, but that's exactly what he was describing. So to the listeners out there, what this is, is where you're waking up, you're choosing, well, basically it starts in the p.m. Actually, you're choosing to stop eating by a certain time go to sleep, you wake up and have maybe coffee or whatever you have, which Ryan, I don't want to steal your thunder here. I'm sure you'll go into it, but then you just choose not to eat breakfast and really not to eat lunch until a prolonged period of time, just to kind of get everybody on board here with what uh, you're about to dive into. Yeah. And there's tons of different ways to do it. Even before I had ever heard of Bulletproof, you know, probably goes back to my time in college. I don't know, 2006, seven, eight, somewhere in there. There's Eat, Stop, Eat. There's Warrior Diet. There's uh, renegade diet was after that. There, there's all kinds of different 
protocols or, or intermittent fasting plans. And like you said, Jared, basically it involves what I, I refer to it as an eating window. Some of these diets, you have a 16-hour fast and an eight-hour eating window every day. So to make it kind of easy to, to see that, you know, let's say you ate, you're eating, your eight-hour eating window was from noon to 8 p.m. You stop eating anything after 8 p.m. You don't eat anything again until noon the next day. So from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. is a 12-hour fast, and then you get another four hours, you know, from 8 a.m. to noon. And then you eat from, again, that eight-hour window. So that, that would be an, a 16-8. There's 24. There's 23-1. You can do 12-12. You, you can do whatever works for you. You know, certain diets have their own, you know, this is the way to do it. I had tried a lot of them throughout my time uh, in college and, and modeling and, and in running the gym. The one thing that I always found that was a negative for me was I, I always got really lean right away and I felt great for about the first month, month and a half. But throughout that entire span of time, I was always lifting hard and heavy. And what I would always find is after that first month to month and a half, I would start to lose muscle mass and my strength and my energy would go downhill. And it was around 2012, somewhere in there that I first heard of Bulletproof Diet. And it so you said that was about a month in, you would start losing the muscle? Um, somewhere month, two months, month and a half. I mean, it, it was, it varied, you know, from one protocol to another, but inevitably it always happened. It would start out great. And then at some point it was just like, man, I'm, I'm not getting, you know, my strength is going down. So for me, that's always that one marker that I can use, you know, am I making progress? Well, sure. I'm leaner, but I'm losing strength. So sure. And I think this is important to note too here on the offset of this discussion is that, you know, when people hear you say a month, two months in, this is not a diet. This is not a fat. This is a lifestyle. So this is like a prolonged, you just keep going with it type thing. Right. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure you would say. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, in the very beginning, this is what works for me. You know, I, I don't, I've done, I've eaten three meals a day. I've eaten five, I've eaten eight, I've eaten nine. You know, now if I looked at like if I took my daily intake and I split it into six or seven small meals and tried to space that throughout the day, honestly, it would just piss me off to eat, you know, <laughs> one seventh of what I normally eat, like, and then sure. move on. It's like, you know, for me, it's like, why bother? I would just, I'd rather, I'd rather go about my entire day, my work day and my fun and do whatever. And it's like, I just have to stop one time I eat, you know, and then I, I move on. Oh, it's way more convenient. For me, it is. Yeah. Uh, and for a lot of other people, it is too. So, so I think that's, you know, the one thing that, that I will have to, you know, say, you know, for your listeners, make sure it's right for you. But so back to the experiences in, in the, like I said, no matter which one I tried and all these protocols were, you know, I, I would find that I would lose strength. And, and around 2012, I found the Bulletproof diet. And, and what I found that the difference between Bulletproof and all the other protocols was that, you know, as you, obviously you're drinking Bulletproof coffee in the morning. So Instead of sure. simply doing nothing, you're drinking coffee with, you know, for me, it's about 30 grams of ghee and a tablespoon of MCT or uh, brain octane oil. So, you know, that's about 45 grams of fat that I basically get as an IV drip. You know, uh, it's not one bolus, but you get, you know, steady amount of that coming in, you know, from the, about an hour after I wake up until, you know, one, two, three in the afternoon until I eat. So I, what I noticed there was, you know, obviously, first time you drink Bulletproof coffee, it's kind of like the world goes from black and white to color. But I noticed that that allowed me to use the intermittent fasting protocol, get all of the advantages and benefits of it, but also to not lose strength after that, you know, one, two, three month mark. And I mean, I can tell you now that I'm stronger today than I've ever been. And I've been doing some, more or less Bulletproof diet for the last, you know, three or four years. Now that's not exactly the template I follow, but I, I don't eat breakfast. And I think if you want to talk more about the science of it, I think the way that I was really exposed, or I guess the thing that really sold me on the science of it was the book Carb Backloading. John Kiefer wrote a couple of really great articles that really helped promote that book. And then, you know, reading the entire book, he talks a lot about looking at the hormonal environment in our body uh, not only when we wake up, but throughout the day and matching our eating methods to take advantage of that hormonal environment so that we can 
you know, elicit the response from our body that we want, which sounds a whole lot like what biohacking really is. So tell me, Ryan, a guy like me that was waking up for whatever reason, and we don't have to dive into that part of it, but just for people out there that are waking up hungry, like I was to the point of almost being, I'd be driving in and just be nauseated, like, oh my gosh, I've got to get something in me just to be able to function this morning. I feel so sick at my stomach or whatever. And it wasn't from vitamin, you know, some vitamins you take on an empty stomach. I know y'all Siltep and some of your other ones, it's designed, the dopamine, serotonin designed to be taken on an empty stomach. But some out there, like some zinc and stuff like that I've taken before just make me want to throw up. It wasn't that. Because on some mornings, I haven't even taken any of that yet. I'm just hungry to the point of uh, of being sick. What do you think was going on in my body that made my body scream, I need food now just to be able to function? And then what does intermittent fasting, which has been my experience here to kind of let the cat out of the bag for me over the last two weeks, I can now go, talk about being convenient, I can now go until about 2 p.m., maybe 2.33 I mean, last week, I totally forgot that I had not eaten lunch. Like, I got home at like 5.30, I was getting a little bit hungry, and I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to eat lunch today. <laughs> what shuts off in our body that goes from, I need food now, to, you know what, I'm cool going on some days all the way to dinner and then forgetting to eat lunch and just being totally fine? The short answer is uh, blood sugar and insulin are stable. So, you know, there's a couple of different reasons why you may have felt that intense hunger as soon as you woke up. Our body is amazing at adapting to whatever its normal is. So, you know, if you've gone your entire life eating breakfast every day, then your body's just used to, you know, that food intake coming every single morning. So it's used to waking up hungry or used to waking up and getting nourishment. So, you know, that's one. Uh, another possible explanation is that, you know, if we're fat adapted, we are better able to go long periods of time without exogenous uh, fuel or, or basically eating. So, you know, it could be that if you were on that carbohydrate pathway that, you know, you're, you're bottoming out and you're waking up and your body's like, hey, dude, you got to give me some food because, you know, I'm not fat adapted. I can't tap into these stores of body fat that are fuel for later use because I'm not fat adapted. I'm on this carbohydrate pathway or I'm a sugar burner. If in a perfect world, when we wake up, cortisol is peaking. That's what gets us up and gets us out of bed. Insulin does not peak unless insulin will never elevate unless we eat something that increases blood sugar or, or is innately insulinogenic. So gotcha. um, that's why we don't want carbs in the morning. Uh, even if you eat breakfast. So, so there's like, that's a whole other side topic of like, you know, if I, st if I'm adamant about wanting to eat breakfast, you know, what do I eat? Well, we still want to avoid carbohydrates early in the day because any carb, whether it's a good carb or a bad carb is going to be converted to glucose. That's the usable form of energy. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the, the whole thing about breakfast or, you know, cereal being a part of your complete breakfast is definitely not it's not the truth that you think it is. And I think that's why the blog that I wrote was, was so, it, it got a lot of eyeballs because like, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day to skip. And a lot of people are like, well, wait, that's exactly opposite of what I've been told. Absolutely opposite of what we've been told our whole life. So how many carbs during the day would you recommend? And I know you're going to say, hey, this is what works for me. I know in some levels you kind of have to say that for, you know, to protect yourself and things like that out there. So we get that. But just in your method, what would you say as far as carbs during the day, if we're going to have any, what should, because um, I know Dave Asprey would also say not having any carbs can really screw up your system as well. So maybe we should have some, but what's the ideal amount for you? Well, I mean, there, there is no blanket statement and it, it's going to vary for every individual uh, based on, you know, obviously your individual makeup is going to be kind of your own baseline. But on top of that, you have to look at your activity level. So the more intensely you exercise, you know, somebody who does CrossFit or bodybuilding is probably going to need carbs at a greater level than somebody who, you know, does yoga three times a week. Not that there's anything wrong with yoga. It's just, it's a different fuel pathway. Sure. And also the more you have to look at your frequency of it too. You know, if I'm, if I'm playing basketball every single day, uh, or if I'm, you know, trying to do CrossFit at the CrossFit games level, you know, those athletes are doing CrossFit style workouts two and three times a day, five to seven times a week. They're looking at anywhere from 15 to 20 workouts a week. They need carbs with a, a significantly greater frequency and amount than somebody who's not 
performing that way and using that pathway. So I think, you know, the macronutrients being protein, fat, so carbs are the one that that's the amount that's going to wave up and down the most. And, you know, we all want, you know, moderate protein intake. We want high quality protein. We want high quality fats. It should be a little bit higher than, you know, what the, the mass has always been told. And then carbs are going to go up and down with your activity and intensity of that activity. You know, so I think if you're trying to be ketogenic, then obviously you want as few carbs as possible. So you're looking at like zero to 5% of your intake on a daily basis should come from carbohydrates. If you're not worried about being in ketosis, if you're just trying to be, you know, low carb and you want to be, whether it's paleo or, or whatever, to put a number on it is, I just don't think that's, that that's wise. I think in the keto circles, they say it's under 30 or 50 grams, depending on the person per day. You know, I think if the average person hovered around 100 grams, you know, if they're not trying to be in ketosis, you know, that's okay. But I think, I think the idea is that we all want to find that minimal effective dose. So what's the fewest that you can eat and still thrive, but not have all the negatives that we know are associated with, you know, the intake of too many carbohydrates. So, I mean, if you look around, there's no question that obesity and type two diabetes and insulin resistance are, are rampant in our society today. And that's not been the case, you know, 50 to 100 years ago. And it's really only because of the prevalence of, you know, food that we, you know, you think back to 100 years ago, people could not eat the way we eat now. Sure. You couldn't walk across the street to the grocery store and load up on whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted. Yeah, absolutely. So just a uh, typical just day in the life of Ryan Muncie, you get up, you have your bulletproof coffee, are you eating any substance at all as far as food in the mornings? No. And again, I do what works for me. And what works for me is one meal. And I usually take like an hour break for, you know, what I call, I mean, it's, it's during the work day. So you call it lunch, but it's just, it's my food break. <laughs> um, sure. And, you know, look, if I've worked out hard a couple of days in a row and it's an off day, uh, sometimes I'm hungrier earlier on those days. So like when I'm ready to eat, I just eat. I don't worry about whether it's 11 o'clock or, you know, four o'clock. I don't get hung up on what time it is or how many hours I'm going to fast uh, the next day or whatever. So like today, for example, I got up, I had my bulletproof coffee. I worked out around, I don't know, it was around two o'clock. And then I ate a little bit after that, maybe three or three thirty. And that's it. I won't eat again for the rest of the day. I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll have bulletproof coffee and do it again. And when you're saying carb backloading, a lot of people, I think, just without knowing your story and reading some stuff on your work and your writings like I have, I think they would probably hear that and go, man, carb backloading. He's waiting till the end of the day and he's just loading up on tons of carbs. But then, you know, hopefully what they're hearing is that that's not the case. It's just you're having any carbs you're going to have those later in the day is all that means. Well, Carb Backloading is the name of a book written by John Kiefer, and it's his protocol and his plan. And he is a much higher carb advocate uh, than I am or than Dave Asprey is. And I think you may have heard me say on the Ben Greenfield show that my style, the, the Muncie method, if you will, is, you know, kind of the intersection of the Bulletproof Diet and Carb Backloading. I think the Bulletproof Diet, as it's written, doesn't always work for people who like to work out with a greater frequency than what Dave Asprey recommends. I mean, he's a guy who only wants to work out four hours a month, uh, if that. You right. know, I would love to work out, you know, five, six, ten hours a week. So, you know, I need a little bit different diet breakdown or layout than what the Bulletproof Diet is as written. So, so both of these programs, carb backloading and bulletproof diet are built on, you know, manipulating, respecting the hormonal environment in our body, managing and keeping blood sugar and insulin at bay. You know, with kefir and carb backloading, he actually recommends significantly higher amounts of carbs, as I said earlier, but usually what he calls dirty carbs. So it's a very popular diet in bodybuilding circles because you basically are being told that you can eat donuts and Pop-Tarts and, and pizza and ice cream because he says the dirtier the carb, then the faster insulin spikes, the faster it goes down. 
So you're minimizing that time underneath of the insulin curve, the, the time that insulin is elevated is minimized, which I understand and I agree with. What I don't necessarily agree with and where I differ from that is that I simply don't think that it's healthy for our genes, our cells, our DNA, uh, our brain to constantly uh, or on a daily basis be eating, you know, donuts and, and things like that. So, so mm-hmm. I kind of am a, I say if bulletproof diet and carb backloading had a child, it would be the Muncie method because I, I like a lot of the science that both of them have. So I think it's, you know, you take the good from each and then you apply that to, to what you're trying to accomplish. And you've mentioned ketosis here a few times, which I know is uh, gained a lot of popularity probably over the last year, if I'm correct on that, you know, more than I'd heard it before, you know, heard the words before and heard a few things about it, but I heard the word ketosis, heard a few things about it, but just didn't hear about it like we do now. I know you've actually been doing uh, quite a bit more with ketosis testing and things like that. Um, I don't know if you're able to share that yet or anything. I know at one point you weren't able to, but um, talk to us a little bit for my listeners out there who have heard about ketosis or maybe they haven't. What are you really doing to your system, to your brain when you put yourself in a state of ketosis and, um, and why do you enjoy or seek out after that in your daily routine? Well, ketosis just means that you are burning fat for fuel. Typically, the, the ketogenic diet is about 5% carbohydrates. It's about 20 to 25% uh, protein, and then you know, the remainder comes from fats. So when you, in the past, to get into a state of ketosis, there's always been this like seven-day extreme low-carb period that was necessary. And then there was kind of like a three to six week adaptation phase. And it was a very, it's kind of a miserable time to switch into that. And I think one of the things that attracted me to wanting to experiment with it now is uh, you're seeing a whole lot of uh, exogenous ketones that are becoming popular in biohacking and paleo and fitness uh, worlds. And when we were at PaleoFX, there were a few different ketone companies that were there. And, you know, I had been familiar with ketosis for a while. So it kind of caught me off guard that it was, you know, quote unquote, like a trend at paleo effects this year. So what I wanted to do, and a lot of people were starting to do podcasts on it. Dave had just had uh, Dr. Veach on, on Bulletproof Radio and Dr. Veach and somebody else were actually just on Ben Greenfields. And then uh, I think Rhonda Patrick had Dominic Diagostino on and um, yeah, I heard that one. You know, I saw I uh, saw Dom. I mean, Dom Dom's research is all on ketones and, and ketosis, and you know, I saw him a couple of years ago speak at Bulletproof Conference. But what I am not able to speak to yet is that we are setting up a podcast with Dom and at least one other well-known and, and highly respected nutrition and metabolic expert, and we're going to have kind of a roundtable, and we want to talk about everything ketosis. And and there are some potential downsides to using exogenous ketones that we're really not sure about yet. One of these major ketone supplements is a multi-level marketing company. So, you know, it benefits everybody who's involved with that company to spread the word and sell more of them. You know, so we're trying to look past to see, you know, is, is this marketing actually altruistic or, you know, is it just another multi-level marketing company trying to capitalize on a fad, you know? And, and then I think the thing that really excited me from a, a practical standpoint was, you know, if we can actually use these exogenous ketones as a bridge to make the carb backloading and then the subsequent fat burning, fat adapted states happen quicker. So what I mean by that is instead of you know, so like somebody who's like bulletproof diet is a cyclical ketogenic diet, uh, as it's written. So basically, you would go for four or five days uh, without having carbs. And then I think Dave recommends what he calls a carb day where you would have some rice and some sweet potatoes and things like that. For a lot of women, you know, on the bulletproof diet, you're recommending one serving of carbs in the dinner meal every evening. So it's a daily thing, you know, and, and you can kind of stay in ketosis as long as that Carb serving is, you know, you could do a half a cup of rice every night. And and a lot of women do better with carbs daily compared to men anyway. So it was interesting to me, and this is still kind of an ongoing test, to see if you can do that. And then once that insulin goes down to 
experiment with these ketones to see if you can get into ketosis faster and to eliminate having that seven or seven day period to get into ketosis. You know, how quickly can I come out of it and go back into it? There's a whole lot of metabolic flexibility there that's, that's worth exploring. We don't have all the answers yet. You know, for those out there that might be just a little bit lost or, or maybe just getting into the whole biohacking thing, which there's obviously some people that are finding out more and more about this each day and getting into it. Give us just the 30 second snapshot on just your definition of ketosis and what that is. Well, it just means that you're so, so fat is broken down into ketone bodies and it's called ketosis because you're using ketone bodies for fuel. What most people experience when they're in a state of ketosis is um, obviously you're not having carbohydrates. So blood sugar never really elevates. You don't have to deal with energy or, or mood swings. If blood sugar never goes up, then insulin never goes up. So there's a lot of health benefits from never having elevated insulin. You don't experience hunger. You can, as you experienced last week, Jared, you can go all day and just realize at the end of the day, oh, hey, I didn't even eat and I'm not hungry. I'm not suffering. You know, my mental performance didn't suffer. My physical performance didn't suffer. And that's a lot of the people who are proponents of ketosis now are people who are coming at it from the cognitive function side. Like I said, it's it's not a new thing in fitness or bodybuilding, but in the mental performance right. side, you experience extreme mental focus, clarity, uh, this sharpness of thought and productivity just kind of skyrockets. You know, if your mind is clicking, you don't have to stop to eat. And, you know, so so I think there's this balance point that that people like me need to find because, you know, I want to be at the top of my game mentally like that, but I also want to be at the top of my game physically. Now, maybe I'm not a, a CrossFit Games competitor, you know, but I'm still a physically natured person and I still want to be, you know, big, strong and, and you know, jacked or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, and that's the whole mental clarity part of it is why I geek out on it so much. It's not so much for, I'm, I'm obviously not a bodybuilder, but it's just, you know, success 101 podcast. A lot of people think that that's just like a business and finance type podcast because of my profession and what I do. And I'm like, no, it's 101. It's how do we get the building blocks of all of this type of stuff, the biohacking stuff, the fitness, nutrition, all those sort of things down to where we can go and excel and all the yeah. things that we do every day. I mean, most people aren't working at a company like you are with, you know, access to a lot of this stuff. They're just trying to right. wing it, you know, every day and just figure out, man, why do I feel like crap all the time? And if I can bring any, any benefit to people listening in out there, I feel like I've kind of won because of where I've come from. Yeah. That, that and area. I'll piggyback on that. I want to steal something that one of our guests said on the Optimal Performance Podcast was, you know, if you go to the zoo and you see like the grizzly bear exhibit and it says, you know, like the, the adult male grizzly bear is supposed to weigh 600 pounds and you know, imagine if you saw the human exhibit, right? Like, what do you want your human exhibit to look like? Like, what I mean, to me, you know, the I'm a male, so the human male should be, you know, functional, it should be useful, should be able to provide and protect, it should be smart, it should be, you know, to me, there should be nothing that I can't do. You know, so I want to be the smartest guy in the room, I never will be, you know, and I intentionally <laughs> put myself in rooms where I'm not the smartest guy so that I can continue to get better. Sure. You know, but I, I want to be, you know, as smart as possible. I want to be able to, you know, lift as much weight as possible. I want to be able to to do, you know, Bikram yoga and, you know, I want to be able to create and I want to be able to, you know, whatever it is. I, I hate seeing something and not being able to do it. So so to me, that's what it is to be the best possible human that you can be. So it's, it's you know, it, if there's a dietary protocol that facilitates one, but, but has a negative impact on the other, then it's not the ideal dietary protocol. And so I think that's where there's a lot of exploration going on right now saying, you know, okay, this one works for this goal, but maybe not so much for a different goal. You know, where's, where's that balance point and, and how can we figure out something that works for everything? You know, so, so with ketosis and, and some of those carbs experiments, I mean, that's, that's kind of the I guess the motivation behind all that experimentation, because, yeah, I can see how, you know, if, if this is all new to you, you're like, well, you know, why would you bother with all this stuff? Sure. Yeah. And just in plain and simple, it's just making sure that you're getting out of for me. And I think for you as well, just getting out of brain fog. Yeah. I mean, first that's, and foremost, that's, and that's more the healthy. most basic part of it. I mean, you know, when you look at who we work with on a daily basis, I mean, we've got rocket scientists that we work with. So, you know, look, this guy's not really worried about his vertical jump, but he needs to be 
you know, he's got to land a, he's got to program this rocket to be able to land itself, you know, without him using any kind of control after it launches, you know, so mentally he's got to be dialed in. On the other side of the spectrum, we've got an Olympic volleyball player who was just in Rio for, you know, the beach, beach volleyball Olympics. Like, you know, he needs to be on point. He needs to be focused. He needs that mental side of everything. But he also has to have the physical performance to be able to play beach volleyball games, you know, on back to back days, you know, even if he just got off a plane from, you know, several different time zones away. So, I mean, we have to have all these answers for, for every single application, every single potential scenario. So, yeah, we, we've got to experiment with all of it. So plain and simple out there, guys, just drink, <laughs> drink your bulletproof coffee in the morning. Don't eat for a long time until you get, uh, you get hungry and you'll just be better off. Yeah, and you know. and you don't don't think you know if you hear us saying that that we don't eat until noon or two, you know, don't think that you have to start there. If this is something that you want to start implementing and experimenting with, when you wake up tomorrow, if you normally eat breakfast immediately after you wake up, just push it back thirty minutes, and push it back an hour the next day, and push it back, you know, two hours, and 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 great just, point. Just take it, you know, step by step, hour by hour. And maybe over a, a week and a half period, you've moved it back from eating at 7 a.m. to now you're eating at noon for the first time. And the other thing that I would say when you do that is when you eat for the first time, make sure that it doesn't contain carbohydrates. So, Jared, let's go back. And we really didn't answer that question, why we don't want carbohydrates in that first meal. But this is something that both Dave with the Bulletproof Diet and Kiefer with Carb Backloading are proponents of. And, you know, like I said, this science first came to me through reading Kiefer's work. but you know, so when we wake up, cortisol is peaking, and that's what gets us out of bed. You know, as cortisol peaks, it triggers a hormonal cascade. And, you know, we're talking about things like ghrelin and growth hormone that promote fat use for fuel, and they're actually anti-catabolic, so they pre- preserve muscle mass. And what, what happens? And ghrelin's what's make, what makes you feel hungry, right? That's, that's what triggers that. Sometimes, sometimes. But the big thing here is that if we eat carbohydrates early in the day, it's going to not only blunt the release of ghrelin and growth hormone and glucagon, but when we have insulin and cortisol present, uh, they're both storage hormones. Insulin is kind of like, I call it the honey badger because it doesn't care where that blood sugar goes. It's, <laughs> it's like a snowplow. Like if you think about somebody who lives, you know, in, in the north or the Midwest or something. And, and, you know, they get all this snow and you got cars parked on the side of the street and, you know, the snowplow doesn't care if it buries your car. It's just, if that snow has got to get out of the street and that's what insulin is when it comes through your blood and it says, all right, I don't care where you go. Just got to get out of here. And that sugar gets cleared out of your bloodstream. And if you have not been active, think like, you know, a kid running around all day, it's not the kid's metabolism that keeps them from getting fat. It's the fact that they don't stop moving you know, most of them, you know, we're seeing, we could right. go on a side tangent of the increasingly sedentary lifestyle of children and, and, you know, childhood obesity, but we won't, you know, assuming that, that you're moving or thinking about like an athlete or, or something like that, then you're, or like the CrossFit person from earlier, who's working out three times a day, they need more carbohydrates. Their muscles are more, much more likely to say, Oh, Hey, I'll take that sugar out of the blood. We'll store it as glycogen in the muscle. If you have not been active, if your muscles don't have a reason to take that sugar and store it as glycogen, or if you've simply, if you're already full, if your glycogen stores are full, uh, then that sugar is going to go to adipose tissue, uh, which is simply fat and it's storage for fuel for later use. You know, so by having carbohydrates at that time, uh, you, you've introduced insulin at the same time that you have cortisol, which is stress hormones. You have a storage hormone, you have stress hormone. You know, if you're that CrossFit athlete and you're working out three times a day and you have carbohydrates at breakfast, no, you're probably not going to get fat. Uh, yes, you might get a little bit leaner and you might experience a performance boost if you had a no carb meal in that first day or first meal of the day. For the average person skipping carbs in that first meal, you're going to see much steadier levels of energy. You're going to have increased mental focus and, and sharpness like we talked about with, you know, either ketones or, or anything where we're talking about being in that fat adapted, non-insulin state. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe how much more energy I had by not 
eating. I mean, everything that we're taught says if you want more energy, eat a, eat a ton of food and then you'll have energy. You know, you get to burn all that off and create energy. And I just, I feel so much lighter on my feet. I feel like I can move. I feel just. Yeah, it, it creates that sugar burner, that carbohydrate burning thing. It, it creates this loop where it's like if you don't have food coming in, your body never learns how to tap into the fuel source and the food source that it has. You know, we all have stored body fat and that is fuel and we can use that if our body does that. Uh, it's not the greatest analogy, but I like to use kind of your savings account and your checking account uh, as an analogy because people can kind of relate to that. If you know that you're going to get paid every two weeks, and if you're one of those people that's living paycheck to paycheck, if you hit day 10 and your checking account is empty and you know you're going to get paid in three days or four days, you're a lot more likely to shut down spending than you are to tap into your savings. That's a lot. It's not a perfect analogy, but that's kind of the way your body looks at, you know, switching from that sugar burning pathway to that fat burning pathway, unless you just get it in the habit of being a fat burner. So that's kind of, that's one way of looking at it. So Ryan, shifting gears here, I had a ton of questions. I was actually amazed how many questions came in, in the form of, you know, something around the, something around the lines of, I wake up early in the morning. If I start taking Siltep, you know, from the the other podcast episodes that we did, if if I start taking Siltep, and I'm the type of person that typically slams, maybe not bulletproof coffee, but just I, I want that caffeine rush. You know, they're kind of telling me they want a caffeine rush without telling me that in the in the right. uh, question. But it's like I'm chasing. I, I read it as I'm chasing a rush. I'm slamming a monster energy drink, or maybe a couple of them. And I want this mental clarity. Am I just ruining everything that Siltep was created to do if I'm taking energy drinks with it in the morning to get that caffeine kick to get me rolling? Or if I'm taking some form of Vivance, Adderall, those are the two kind of primary ones that I got in there. What is your take on the way Siltep was created, what it was made to do to help us really perform from a mental standpoint? And then are those things just sabotaging that or does it work okay or work well? I mean, we're not promoting that, right? For you to go out and slam energy drinks and take Siltep together. That's not a stack. But if people are used to doing that, instead of just saying, hey, just get off that stuff altogether, are they are they kind of sabotaging everything you guys have created there and, and what it's helping them to do? I would say that the monsters and, and the rock star type things, yes, that's a sabotage because all of those drinks have a whole bunch of additives in them that... Um, you know, even if you did the sugar-free version and you're not messing up everything that we just talked about, right? So all the stuff we just talked about with, with carbs and breakfast and, you know, being a fat burner, you know, if you're drinking a sugar drink just for the caffeine, like you just ruined all of that. So you, in that case, you'd be much better off just having black coffee or, you know, you could do butter coffee. You could do just a caffeine pill. You know, you can do smart caffeine but with with those rock stars and and the uh, monsters and all that stuff they also have a whole lot of other like they have their own little formulations and they're kind of haphazardly just thrown in there and uh you know i don't necessarily know that they would be detrimental uh or or a sabotage but i certainly think that they would have uh an undesired effect and you know how do you know whether it was the siltep or the monster uh, that, that did it, you know, like you said, if, if it's something that they already do and you know how you are, if your baseline is, Hey, this is me on monster every day, you know, I guess I certainly wouldn't do it. Um, I would never put those things in my body for a, a number of reasons, but. Well, so let me ask you this. And if you're not prepared to talk about this, I can, uh, we can totally, you know, get back on topic here, but anytime that I, you know, I used to be such an energy drink junkie because, you know, I found that those things kick into your system much faster than coffee. And this was like way back before I, I really learned about any biohacking. You know, I just, I was like, man, I'm tired. I want to feel good. And just, let's just get some shots of caffeine in here. And so you drink one of those and you feel great or, you know, for a little while. But when you would ask somebody about it, they would say, oh man, you should never drink that stuff. Well, why? Oh, all the caffeine. Well, if you look at the caffeine, there's not a tremendous amount of caffeine in those. I mean, there's a lot, right? But not as much as you would think. It's a lot of the other stuff. And I don't know to this day if I've ever found anyone that just point blank could tell me, hey, it's not actually the caffeine. It's all this other stuff. And here's why it's not working well. Here's why it's, you know, wreaking havoc on your body without you knowing it. What do you know about those and why they're... Read me a label. And I'll tell you exactly why on every single ingredient. Uh, it, it's not <laughs> the caffeine, right? So, I mean, I, like I just said, you know, replace it with other source of clean caffeine. You know, we know caffeine is, uh, it's a nootropic. It's a cognitive enhancer. It's a performance booster. 
Uh, even the NCAA has said that it's a performance enhancer. So we, we know that that's not an argument. Um, now, you could argue like long term effectiveness of, of certain amounts and dosages, you know, but let's just assume that that, you know, we're talking about replacing it with 100 to 200 milligrams, you know, of caffeine, which is like the average cup of coffee. Right. Um, you know, so so it's it is it's every single other thing. It's the artificial colors. It's the artificial sweeteners. If they use aspartame, aspartame can lead to formaldehyde formation in the brain. If you're using Splenda or sucralose, uh, that's just chlorinated sugar. So you're drinking, you know, a, a synthetic thing that it's adding chlorine to sugar so that it doesn't actually impact. Uh, it doesn't have a caloric impact, but it has. You're, you're putting chlorine in your body. You know, like I said, read, read the ingredients, and, and I'll tell you why every single ingredient in there is a reason not to drink it. A lot of them put taurine in there, which is a nervous system inhibitor. So you get this boost from the caffeine, but then your nervous system crashes. A lot of companies are doing things like that to make you drink two and three of them uh, instead of just the one, you know? So if you find yourself having to drink one every couple of hours, it's because most of them are loaded with sugar, you know? So like when you said it hits your, the energy boost hits faster with these than and with coffee, it's not that the caffeine works faster. It's all the other stuff that's in there right. uh, that, that you're feeling. And that's that's just it. It's like, you know, when people buy these things, they expect to, quote, feel something, right? And nobody ever made Red Bull or, or Monster or Rockstar and said, this is a health thing, like, right? I mean, right. It, it's not like they came out and said, hey, drink this because we made it to help you live longer or be smarter or whatever. It's just like, no, uh, you know do the do be a rock star or whatever. And like, I think, you know what you're getting into when you get it. It's just, maybe we don't want to tell ourselves or admit that to ourselves. Yeah. It's never given me wings. I know that <laughs> I keep drinking more and more, you know, back in the day and never. Right. Never gave me but that. yeah, but, it, but I mean, even that is like, it gives you wings. Like it, it's not a company built around health. It's not a product designed to, to promote or, or increase your wellness or well-being. Right. Let's go extremely the opposite of getting a huge caffeine kick and talk about floating. <laughs> Let's throw, throw a curveball your way. I'm floating there. I knew about floating. I'd heard about floating. I'm like, man, what floating? What, you know, what is this? And then I saw, believe it or not, I saw an Instagram picture of you on your parents' place on the tractor. And you said, besides floating, this gives me more like mental clarity, you know, creative, you know, part of my brain starts working, whatever. And I'm like, okay, even Ryan Muncy's doing floating. I'm going to check more into this. And I found a place here in Dallas and I'll give them a plug here. It's a drift float spa in Dallas. I walked in there with my wife because I was like, okay, we've got three small kids at home. If she finds out that I went and did floating, which some of you, if you don't have a clue what we're talking about, we'll tell you here in just a second. But she finds out I went and just did floating just to go de-stress. She's going to whip my tail whenever I get home. Uh, so I was like, let's make it a date night. Let's go do a couple's float, which I really had a lot. I had a lot of fun, but I wouldn't recommend it because you, you need to go and do it on your own. But no joke, a drift float spa here in Dallas. I walked in. They had Siltep and Magtech in, in their float spa sitting up on the counter. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. So tell people about uh, floating, what it is, how you got into it, and just why it clears out your mind. Yeah, for sure. I guess I first heard about it, I don't know, 2012, 13, somewhere in that range. But, but I heard about it like most people uh, from Joe Rogan, who's probably been one of the biggest proponents and advocates for it. Basically, if, if so, if you're not familiar with floating, you it's also called a sensory deprivation tank. And when you understand why it's called a sensory deprivation tank, you you'll probably grasp why it's so good for relaxation and you know de-stressing. But you go in this tank, you close the lid, and there's no light, there's no sound. The water, uh, there's about eight to twelve inches of water and about a thousand pounds of Epsom salts. So you actually float in this shallow amount of water. So the water is, is skin temperature, so you don't feel the water. Uh, you have this sensation of, some people call it like being in the womb. Some people call it like floating in outer space. But there's no sensory input. Uh, there's no sight. There's no sound. There's no feel. Nothing. And if you think about the world that we live in today, even if you went into a dark room and put on, you know, a sleep mask and, and earplugs and you laid on the floor, you still feel the floor. You still have that weight of gravity. But we just we live in this world of, of constant overload and sensory bombardment. And, you know, hey, you've got emails and you've got Facebook notifications and, you know, I need to 
post this on Instagram and I got to get off work and go pick up this. And it's really, really, it's a great way to just turn everything off. And one of the things that that we've had people say on our show, and, and I really like this, I think that every time you float, you get exactly what you need. The more you float, the better you get at being quiet and being alone with your mind. Some people use it for physical recovery. Uh, there's a lot of like professional sports players that float the day or two after uh, a big game. There are a lot of people who use it for creativity. There are people who use it to kind of get in the zone. There's like uh, um, one of our good friends is is the owner of Float Seattle and Float Bellevue. His name's Sean McCormick, and, and he's uh, he's my source for a lot of this, knowing the different types of people and their different uses. Yeah, I did a lot of reading on him whenever I first sought this out myself. Yeah, Sean's an awesome guy. So, you know, I'll, I'll plug him. And if you guys want to go check them out, if you're in the Seattle area, go to Float Seattle or Float Bellevue. But, um, you know, he's got, they've got, you know, players from the Seattle Seahawks come in and float to recover. They've got uh, like day traders who come in before the day to kind of clear their mind. And then they he, they tell him that they feel like they can kind of see what's going to happen with the stock market. Um there's all kinds of different ways to use it. Uh, Joe Rogan uses it for creativity, you know, and obviously like that, that self exploration, tapping into kind of higher consciousness and exploring that stuff, which I think is a very valuable pursuit for, for all of us. So, I mean, really, like I said, that's why I like that quote about, you know, you get exactly what you need every time you go. If you're sleep deprived, you may just go in there and fall asleep. And, you know, that's what you needed most was a nap. <laughs> I thought I was going to do that. You know, I'm thinking, okay, no sound, no light. I'm just floating in this room temperature water. I'm I'm bound to fall asleep. And I didn't. It's pretty amazing. I mean, you're sitting there, you're, you're floating, as it sounds. There is nothing like it. And again, people who know me know I don't just jump on the bandwagon of new things that are going on. I, I'm pretty skeptical about most things, but there is absolutely nothing like it. Like you said, you hit the nail on the head, that womb feeling or outer space. It's amazing. And I would be floating around in there and, you know, you're kind of just, you're sprawled out, you know, in the water. and my fingers would bump into the sides of it. And I didn't even know I was moving. You know, that's just how calm everything yeah. is in there. And you can do it, you know, with ambient lights in there and you can do it with some music. I've heard people that try to do that because they think, oh, you know, classical music or something that's going to help my mind relax. Don't do it with anything. If you want to get the, you know, the truest sense of just pure relaxation, don't do it with anything. And I just, I thought it was amazing. And I can't believe, you know, these things are just now starting to pop up all over the U.S. because, you know, it's something that simple of just floating in water. But people realize, man, I need it. I don't want this stress and pressure and gravity just pushing down on me all the time. So I'd highly recommend it. Yeah. And the other side of it, I mean, we know Epsom salt baths have benefit. And this is basically an Epsom salt bath with a thousand pounds of magnesium salt. So, I mean, you magnesium is absorbed very well topically. So you're going to absorb a lot of magnesium through your skin. So you know, even at that level, it's beneficial. Yeah. The first thing I saw on it was the very first thing I saw on it was Steph Curry on an ESPN special. It was just like a 20 minute, you know, interview type thing. They follow him into a float spa out there in California. And he talks about how the NBA guys do it, you know, several times a week, uh, they'll go and spend, you know, 70 minutes or whatever in a float spa. And it just makes them their joints and their tissues and everything just recover so much faster. So they're doing it more from a, a recovery standpoint. I know a lot of people, myself included, do it more from just a rest and stress relief, but then more of kind of the creative part of the mind just really gets flowing in there and thinking about things. And so it's, it's awesome. Are there any other, as we get ready to wrap up the podcast here, are there any other things that you're doing that maybe, you know, a little out of the ordinary seeming, but you're finding that it works for you or things that you're, you know, preparing to write on yourself? I know you do a, I know you do some fair bit of writing on things that you're doing. What's going on in your world right now that you could let us in on? I think the biggest experiment right now is is around the ketones. Uh, I mean, that's been a couple of months in the making and just testing different things. Uh, I was actually a part of a study on a, a separate powdered product that was supposed to elevate blood ketones. Um, I think that will come out. Um, it's not a natural stacks product. It's somebody else's. But uh, that should the results of that should come out in the next couple of months. So again, you've got other people kind of exploring the same stuff. You know, this is a really fascinating area. Uh, you know, how can we marry the optimal mental performance and physical performance uh, diet? Yeah, I think really that's the biggest experiment right now. I try not to experiment with too many things at once because then it's hard to tell. You know, if you change multiple variables, it's hard to tell which sure. is the the cause. I know ketones are really hard just for the average person that goes out and gets some keto sticks or something like that. It's pretty hard to test. 
the whole thing's really it's cost prohibitive, and that's another thing that that a lot of these companies are trying to experiment with and and kind of lower the price point. I mean, you know, if you looked at like one of the more popular, there's only like three or four exogenous ketone supplements available, and most of them are, you know, four to six dollars a serving. You know, so that's pretty expensive. And then the the test strips are you know four or five dollars a strip. And that's even if you buy them on Amazon. So, you know, to take ketones and then do the test, I mean, that's, you know, it's like somewhere around eight or $10 every single time you, you know, take them and test them. So, you know, I think, I think as technology and and science and, you know, demand uh, increase for this, then, you know, we'll see that price point go down. So it is, I think that's something that I'm, I'm really interested in to see, you know, where can we take that, but also, you know, long-term effectiveness and and safety for all that i think that's really it uh i guess on a personal note we saw cirque du soleil recently and uh it has uh relit my passion for for body weight exercises and (laughs) and gymnastics so uh you may see some instagram posts of me doing some hand balancing or you know some gymnastics stuff but nice yeah and haven't i haven't even been able to tell you yet congrats on the wedding i mean i know i informally you know social media told you but i know last time on my podcast you were like yeah we're heading out of town this weekend and (laughs) you know i'm like man i wouldn't tell everybody you're going to get married so you guys were going out to jamaica getting married so uh hopefully that's been uh hopefully married life's been good to you so far it's been great man it's been great so yeah this it's it's been a crazy summer we went to jamaica we got married we moved donna my wife has started her new job in virginia beach she's a doctor uh so yeah it's been been pretty crazy yeah how's beach life been treating you i know you guys moved from uh what was it um roanoke yeah from roanoke so we left the mountains and we got the beach it's good uh we don't get out to the beach as much as we would like to tell people we do but uh you know it's there and we do get there and we do enjoy it that's awesome you should you guys used to have a little cuban place there in roanoke and i've only been there once in my life but i got the worst i think food poisoning ever really from, from this little cuban place there in roanoke. i don't even know of a cuban place so if you found one yeah like- it was like a hole in the wall i should have known better but i'm just a sucker for like caribbean food and stuff so you know it's it was awesome until the next morning whenever i woke up just oh i hate to hear that yeah. So, uh, Ryan, thanks so much for your time. I will link everything up in show notes and on my website. And I know that you've got a lot going on. So we appreciate you uh, throwing some knowledge our way here and making us all better. And uh, man, just keep doing what you're doing. Where can we find you in the world of uh, social media, Natural Stacks website, all those sort of things for people who have questions or are just curious about what you're up to? Yeah. So uh, Natural Stacks is the naturalstacks.com. It's at Natural Stacks on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Uh, so it's pretty easy there. I am uh, RyanMuncy.com, uh, Ryan Muncy with an underscore on Instagram and no underscore, just Ryan Muncy on Twitter. So. And of course, your podcast, the Optimal Performance Podcast, which I'm a huge fan of and uh, uh, pretty much download that. everything that comes through because it's yeah. always awesome. So. Yeah. So, yeah, we appreciate that. And, and um, it's it's fun to be on the other side of it and, and to be able to you know share some of that information with your audience, too. So thanks for having us. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again. We wish you the best and uh, just keep doing what you're doing. And we uh, look forward to hearing about your ketosis work once it's uh, once you're actually able to talk about it. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll give you a guess. We're recording that episode right before Halloween. Uh, so look for that in early or mid-November. On your podcast, right? Yes. On the Office okay. Performance Show. Yeah. All Perfect, right. man. Thanks again, buddy. Take care. Yep. Thank you, Jared. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that. I loved having Ryan back on the show with me today. And like I said, it's likely not going to be the last time that you hear the name of Ryan Muncy on the Success 101 podcast. Not if I have anything to do with it anyway. If you would like to connect with me directly, the best way to do that is my email address, which is info at success101podcast.com. If you're scanning the world of social media for the Success 101 podcast or for Jared Warren, I can be found on many platforms out there, including Facebook at facebook.com slash success 101 podcast on Twitter at Warren Jared and on Instagram at success 101 podcast. 
I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast episodes as I work to bring more relevant guests and more peak performance information to you every single week in order for you to reach maximum levels of higher performance. I hope you go out and absolutely crush it this week, and I'll see you guys on another episode of the Success 101 podcast. Until then.